Hey, it's Bobby. And this is Jared. And we are here recording. Um, man, we were unable to record last week, but that's because Jared was out on an adventure of a lifetime. <laughs> I was. I was at Loretta Lynn's Ranch at the uh, Amateur National Championship uh, motocross races, and I was working there on staff uh, as a uh, as a kids' camp uh we'll say co-coordinator and uh well let's put it just this way i was doing skits and making kids laugh and uh we did it with masks on and i I apparently uh have not gotten coronavirus we'll say that so far (laughs) we've self-quarantined a little bit but in case you're worrying about my health being around so many children it's wasn't any more dangerous than what i will be asked to do when i go into a public school (laughs) so there you go well, yeah. well, I'm glad that you you were able to enjoy your time and came back safe, and now we can get back into our time yeah. of uh, discussing because, discussing because so just, many what things. What a week! What a week, man! It was just everything. We're already talking about so much stuff has happened this week that we want to talk about that it could spill over into next week, but I don't think we'll get to it because you know, have we figured out that as each week goes by, we're given like. You know, so much to talk about. You can't keep up with all of it. I mean, yeah. Do you, do you remember when the news? Do you remember when news was boring? I do. I remember when it was were, like. I mean, those were the good. Old, those were the yeah. good old days. You know. Yeah, I remember when there was nothing to really talk about. But now, all of a sudden, it's uh, it's it's definitely overloaded. You know, I think, um, you know, last week, news hit about um, our favorite college president. Um, University President uh, Jerry Falwell yeah. Jr. Um, Which and, might, let me just for people who don't listen to us a lot, let me just say this is a university that you and I both like and care about. Yes, um, I am a yeah. I am an alumni um, of uh, Liberty Seminary yeah. online, um, and so I do. That's take, alumnus. I, I know there's an English teacher listening to this, and they said you meant alumnus, but yeah, okay. I, I'm, I just had to throw that out there. Yeah, so. alumnus. I'm an alumnus, alumni, whatever. I mean, words. But that's what that's what I am. I'm one of those. I'm one of those words. So, but that you know, the thing. Yeah. The thing is, is that um, I do. I do take pride in the fact that I have my master's degree through them. Uh, but Jerry Falwell has definitely created some some hard feelings for many people, and especially yeah. me. Um, especially many other um, alumni, uh, maybe. Uh, okay, so help me out. Alumnus is that just because I'm an individual? Yeah. Is that why, like, a, an individual, like alumnus, and then yeah. alumni is like multiple? Yeah. Is it like radius and radii? Except, yes, that's exactly it. Okay, so, so many alumni are upset yes. over um, Falwell. So, you know. Uh, it's it's been an interesting piece, so we're going to talk a little bit about that because there's a lot to be said. I want to cover some stuff that's that's happening kind of on the, on the local level, um, you know. But it's really going to go into the idea of having a role as a Christian leader, uh, being a Christian in a leadership yeah. position. What kind of words should we be using? What kind of accuracy accuracy should we have when we're sharing news, sharing details about yeah. things? Um, because uh, there have been some people who are in leadership roles locally um, in our in our area um, who who have yeah because the, the purpose of this podcast is, has never been to uh, talk really about the news or complain about the news it's to discuss the uh, you know the the behavior of Christians as these circumstances come and like, you know, how we present ourselves and, you know, uh, maybe what should be our attitudes towards things. Yeah. That's always been it. It's like our focus has always been the church's response to stuff that's yeah. going on and how are we evaluating or I guess how, how do we, how do we feel the church has responded uh, in general or church members have responded to something going on? That's, that's what we're always trying to do. Yes. And so we're going to be talking about that. I think there's so much to be said. And then now we also have uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris uh, stepping into their role, um, you know, yeah. their respective roles of Joe aiming to become the president of the United States 
and Kamala being the vice president choice. Um, and to hear some of the things that are being said, see some of the things that are being said from people who are on the Republican side um, and, you know, the people who are supposed to be representing the church and, and some of the things that they say. So a lot to be said, a lot to be covered. So, um, and I mean, and there's probably many other things that we could be talking about. So uh, let's, sure. just, let's just jump into Falwell first because okay. that's the, that's so- the first thing. So since I was working dirt bike uh, races uh, while all this was going on, I only heard heard it through the grapevine that um, he had uh, been put on a, an indefinite leave of absence. And so it's kind of a way to say, like, you're still the president, but not really. Don't come back. And, um, and then, right, indefinite leave of absence is like, well, we'll, we'll reevaluate in a couple years, like, whether we still want you. And then... Uh, there's an interim president now, right? So there's right. an acting president who's doing Falwell's job, and Falwell has been asked not to do his job. That's what's going on right now. Basically. But it, yeah. it, there's a lot that has led up to this. So prior to um, him being asked to, to take an indefinite leave of absence, um, he had posted a picture on Instagram uh, next to a female um, who's uh-huh. just been uh, recognized as a friend. Um, at this point in time, I don't I don't know if any more has been released. I haven't really seen much more about it, but the person was... I saw the picture. It's a it's a significantly younger lady. She's very pretty. I don't know if that means anything. But... Yeah, she's she is a friend um, of I believe she may have been like an assistant of some sort to his wife. I don't really know, um, but in okay, but but the the overall picture is this woman is standing with a. A shirt that's kind of tied together with her belly, um, her stomach showing, and her shorts are unbuttoned a little bit to where you can see her underwear under, like through, like with the sh- with the shorts opened up. Um, yeah. And then you have Jerry Falwell next to her with his shirt rolled up, so his belly's showing, and his pants are unzipped okay. and unbuttoned and opened up with his underwear showing, and he's holding okay. and he's holding a glass that he referred to as dark water. Um, because yeah, I think you know, the word term he said was black water. Black water. Black water. <laughs> yeah. So, so he used black water as the terminology in this cup. Now, but the bigger picture is that he was on a yacht with a bunch of people. Okay. Um, so I always, I, 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 I kind of have some tension toward that, but that's a whole other story. But he's on a yacht with right. a bunch of people partying. I mean, I, I haven't invited you on my yacht, Bobby. Um, you know, hey, no, and I'm kind of sad about that, but. But you know, whatever. Oh, okay. um, I've, I can I can invite you to have a potato yacht. Have you ever had a potato yacht? Anyway, no. What is that? A potato. So, over at a, a local restaurant, CJ Maggie's, they have a thing called potato yachts. It's almost like a potato boat, but they yeah. use like a giant potato and they fill it with like a bunch of stuff, and it's delicious. Anyway, that's delightful. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, that's the closest thing to a yacht I'll ever get. But that's 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 okay. that thing. But so he's. I have he, a, for record, I have a canoe, and you're invited to it. Awesome. So he's and on we this. We will take photographs. <laughs> he was on this yacht having a bunch of party, having a bunch of people partying. Uh, pictures were shown, videos were shown that apparently people were drinking. Um, there was tobacco, yeah. tobacco being used, that kind of stuff. And personally, okay. you and I both know, like personally, we I, we don't have issues with that kind of stuff. It's just like, okay, that's what you're doing. No, but the, that's all stuff. That- be okay except for one thing which i know you're about to tell us (laughs) my the one thing that the problem is is that he is the president of the largest christian university in the nation if not the world and the rules that are put in that rule book that if you are attending that university on campus that if you whether you are a drinking age or not if you are found to be anywhere near alcohol (laughs) You will be fined yeah. some amount of money, and you will be required right. to do um, uh, uh, community service. If you are found, so there are rules for people that work and and are students at Liberty to not be taking uh, like suggestive party pictures, yes. and uh, not not to be drinking alcohol. I think someone counted up the violations and and told Falwell that if a, if a student were in that if his own student were in that picture. They'd be fined nine hundred dollars. Yeah. So now the bigger the all of that to say, 
my biggest thing about this is that again here is a man of authority who has used yeah. his authority and used his power to really push um, support of President Trump. He's used his power and authority to push support of Second Amendment rights. He's pushed yeah. his power and authority and has used his platform to um, renounce and de- and, dis- and try to dismantle the idea of Black Lives Matter, um, of yeah. the, the Me Too movement. Um, he, is, he, yeah. is, he has said so many things against those things. And he has created this idea that a moral hierarchy that he is actually in this idea like this is I am I am the epitome of morality, and then he's right. then he's found I, I doing this. To, uh, sorry, I, I was just gonna say I find him to be one of the people who has worked the hardest publicly to amalgamate uh, Christianity with Trumpism. Yes, yes, that's 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 it. He has been he has been that guy. Um, and so now here he is having these pictures taken, um, these images shown, but this is not the first time because he has been recently in trouble and, um, I guess under fire really, because he had a picture that was shown to, um, make fun of, uh, the Virginia's governor, I believe on, um, on certain racial stances. And it was a blackface photo that he was making fun of. I recall when that, yeah, they had, uh, I think the governor of Virginia had, had a photo in blackface taken in college. Yeah. And it was in, it was like, the college yearbook, so. Yeah, and so Falwell made a joke about it and basically was making fun of him, all in the, basically trying to point out his racism, all really revealing Jerry Falwell's racism um, in the process. Yeah. And a lot Funny of people. How that happens. Yes. Yeah. And so many of the African-American athletes... Uh, that were that have basically been great um, athletes for Liberty, who have or have signed on to to play at Liberty, uh, have recently started to step away, and say we're not we're not going to be affiliated okay. with this university. Staff members, African American staff members, have said we are no longer working yeah. for this university. We want to step away from that. Um, and I will tell you, not, nothing speaks at a college like you know student protests. They they are meaningful, but. You know when students get together, but you know there is something about a college that they really listen to the athletes. You know, yeah. And I, I I do I want to believe that they listen to their professors. I, I know that at every college that's not the case, but I, I do know that if athletes start quitting, colleges look at that because they they really need they really need athletes to help get their enrollment up. Yeah, because you know, the you know. Having a, a good sports team at a university, everybody knows it, it's a it's the biggest draw for your university. And I, everybody says it's academics, but no, there's a correlation between athletics and and attendance. <laughs> so. Yes, and so and then even to go further back to that, like from not even like in in recent couple of years, um, photos were or photos were emerging of Jerry Falwell being present at a nightclub um, dancing around a lot of scantily dressed uh, females and basically getting crazy in a club. Um, he tried to claim yeah. it was photoshopped, uh, but it's pretty clear that it was not. Um, you know, okay. but, I mean, whatever. But the reality of it is is that, again, this is a man who has used his right. platform, used his authority to try to say... Uh, I'm gonna like I am the the pointing to morality now. I am not yeah. saying what he's what as a normal human being, right? If he was just like I mean just whatever, um, I mean okay, you're having a party, you know what I mean? Like like okay, you're having fun, right? And and you're normal human being. As you mean, he's not a public figure, and he's just got like some normal job, right? Yeah. Like he's you know yeah. I don't know, like he, you know he's he's a like a carpenter. <laughs> yeah. And he's never told people this is how you're supposed to be living to be morally correct. Right? If he, if he if he was not in that position of telling people how to live properly and right. and making these rules that he had signed off on saying these are my rules. And if you're right. not willing to live by them yourself, then you're going to be this is what happens. And some people and have been students having students uh, find if they don't follow the standards of behavior because it looks bad on the college, right? Yeah, so. it definitely does. And and so the reality of it is is that 
we have to realize that there are some things that Christian leaders are supposed to be doing. And and yeah. we have a huge responsibility. And we've I think we I believe we've spoken about this before on, on this podcast, but but the reality we, we but, have because I mean just even in like me, just being a Christian who teaches high school, I know that I I can't have you know, I I, I there are standards for me, you know. Um, the public expects me not to be in a photo on it, you know, with my pants unzipped, you know, <laughs> like I, with my arm around a, a, you know, somebody I'm not married to, uh, in the way that he's holding that, that, that young woman, I, I'm just, uh, I know that that's going to be tough for me to get past. Like, and, and I'm not even like a, a an, an important person affecting many lives, you know? Yeah. And to be fair, I know that the party, many of them are dressed up in, as characters of a show called The Trailer Park Boys. I've never watched that show, but I've heard things about it, and I believe that they were dressed okay. in character. So so now, that, that kind of opens the door to why they were dressed the way they were. But, <laughs> regardless of that, yeah. you have still told students, if you do these things, you're getting fined. If you do these things, you could face possible expulsion he is the president of the university that is telling kids that they can possibly lose their scholarships. They will lose their ability to receive a diploma. They're, they, he is telling these kids like they are going to be losing their potential for careers um, because of these yeah. these flaws or these these things. And he is doing them himself now. Now I have heard recently of some people who have said, yeah. "Oh yeah, I can't wait to send my kid to Liberty because." They have it's just good ground there, like a great foundation, good people. It's just good. It's just good stuff there. And I'm like, man, how do you? How are you going to be okay with this? Like, are you going to be okay sending your kid to a school that has a president who can't live by these standards, a president who has tried to right. say like this is what this is the standard of of living as a Liberty student? Would you be okay with that? And and obviously, I, I haven't heard those answers yet. But I, I question this piece, right? Because for for many for many of us, and for what we've been seeing in our culture today, is that I feel like we've lost the ability to hold Christian leaders to the standard that we that that they are actually supposed to be held to, um, as long as they support our political views, we are able to go ahead and say, yeah, eh, it's okay. Yeah really get a lot of grace from your congregation based on your political views <laughs> right and and that's where i think for me i'm watching this and i'm thinking this is this is where our church the church as a whole is struggling right now is that we are allowing these big figures to get away with things for so long yeah. and not hold them right. accountable and why well because number one they hold power Number two is that, well, you know what? Like, yeah, they, they're messed up, but if I do say anything bad about them, then that could shine a, a, a negative light on either Christianity or it could shine a negative light on my political party. And I don't want to do that. So I have to continue to support them or I stay silent on the matter because it's easier for right. me to go ahead and point fingers at the other side and not look at, the, at, look at my side. Yeah, I think that's the typical reaction to it as well. You know, I just kind of sometimes I see something like that come about, and I'm like, I know nobody's going to talk about this. Yeah, you know, and because because it, it, do, it doesn't fit. You know, they'll it'll just say, "Listen, I'll just wait until someone on the other side of the aisle screws up and point that out instead." So right, and you know, and to go to a local level, right? So there's, um, you know. I'm 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 gonna be gentle on this because I know it affects um, some stuff in like just the school system and that kind of stuff as well. So I, I want to be gentle on that. But um, you know, recently there was a local uh, county that held a vote to receive or to put um, uh, was it the plexiglass material in oh. in the elementary schools um, or I, I believe it was elementary okay. schools or just the schools. Um, and I yeah, I don't I don't have a lot of knowledge on that, but I think I did hear that through the grapevine. Yeah. Again, I've been kind of away from away from the news for about ten days. Yeah, so uh, this county, the school board voted, and it was like voted like four to one or five to one to approve 
these plexiglass things for the um, for the classrooms. Now, the one All person right. who voted no was a well-known Christian um, leader of his church, leader of the community, um, a person who has uh, basically said that he doesn't believe in this virus, basically, or like it's not as okay. it's not as not as strong as he as he thinks and uh, as as it's being made yeah. out to be, and vocally said some things that were incorrect about how only 20 kids have died from the virus um which which statistically is wrong um if you if you actually look at cdc statistics it's been way more than 20 kids dying of the of the virus um and is it they they were sort of like these plexiglass like uh what we used to call a carol almost like that like it like uh, encloses the desk, sort of. Um, yeah, yeah, to protect the kids from yeah from ex- exchanging, crossing germs or whatever across you know whatever. Um, yeah. And so obviously it was for safety reasons. It was precautionary. It was um, something that w- yeah. that we I think many people would agree that aren't it's necessary, um, especially because because one of the things that this person said was. There were 20 kids that died, which is still not true, but even if there were 20, he said, and many of them had pre-existing conditions, um, which okay. may or may not have been true. Now, regardless of whether or not they had pre-existing conditions and they passed away, then even more so, in my opinion, that we should be saying yeah. there are kids with pre-existing conditions that we may not know about yeah. inside those classrooms, so why not do everything in our power to set up precautionary measures, right? Yeah. I've taught for a long time, and that's that's true of every classroom. You know that there there are kids that have, you know, serious health issues in every classroom. And so, you know, te- and, and teachers are aware of it, and we're briefed on it. And there's a you know a couple of school nurses, you know, working to like make sure that these kids stay healthy. So I, every classroom is going to have kids at risk. And so when when he's saying these words, and number one, this the, the, there's other issues in the fact that, and I'm going to talk about them. He's at a school board meeting. There were pictures of the person at the school board meeting um, who made okay. the vote, and everybody was wearing masks but him. Um, and okay. then at the same time, he's sitting next to somebody who was, as I, as I read reports and I read people sharing things about the people in the board meeting, he's sitting next to somebody who is actually recovering from cancer. Um, and oh, and okay. so... So now you have the potential, right? If you are living in a way where you don't really care if you get the virus or not, um, and you're living and you're sitting next to somebody who could potentially get it from you or from someone else, yeah. And yeah. And again, if they have a pre-existing condition, it is well known that that this virus affects them at a heavier level. So now you're okay. being selfish. Now, so so again, all these factors come into play. And this is why I'm addressing this here is because, again, he is a well-known Christian leader in the area, um, in his in his community, in this in this area that he's in. And many, many people on social media know this about him and instantly jump to what kind of Christian would say this kind of stuff? What kind of Christian would say, well, only 20 kids have died? Well, talk to their parents. Like, if you're, if you're saying only 20 kids, okay, although we know there's more, but only 20 kids, you're going to say, okay, well, then if it's not that big of a deal, how about you go talk to their parents who had to bury those kids? Because that's a big yeah. deal. If you have no empathy, no compassion, no willingness to think beyond yourself, there's a problem. And, and they jump on this person saying, what kind of Christian is this person? If they If they're... They don't care. They don't have any empathy. They don't have any compassion. It, that's a that is the sign of a Christian. When you love your neighbors, you love yourself, right? This is this is a part of who we are. We say it all the time yes. on, on our podcast. And again, Falwell, being a president of a university, he is a bigger deal than this guy that I'm talking about now. But regardless, they still have the same role, equal level of pointing to Jesus, right? And and that right. is that is where my struggle comes because I feel like many Christian leaders they don't push put their own feelings aside to think right. through what they're doing to represent Jesus 
in in the words that they use, the, the actions that they that they that they do, the the posts that they make, the memes that they share, the information that they um, that they spread out. You know, like like that is one of yeah. the, is, there's so much there, and we have to be willing to start calling that kind of stuff out and speaking truth to power. Right? We have to be willing to do yeah. that because when a Falwell can do what he does and not be held accountable, although, yes, he's been in indefinite leave, you know, of absence and all that stuff, and, and he, he's, I think it's finally coming to that for him. Um, yeah. And it's not a, this isn't a cancel thing for him. This is a, you're reaping what you sow kind of thing, right? Like, he is, he has, it's finally come back to him, and, and he's, this is where it's at. This other person is, you know what? Like, you are if you don't get voted back in it's because you show that you really don't care about the health of all kids um you're looking uh, yeah. you're looking at your own kids or you're looking at your own feelings about things and you're not thinking about the bigger picture that whether it's 20 kids 5 kids 120 kids who have died of this virus that's still no matter what it's too many kids that have died from the virus so and if the and again if the factor is well they had pre-existing conditions okay well again you're going to have kids who carry things into their classrooms that have pre-existing conditions we should be doing everything we can to protect them and that is right. a that is a christian thing we should be desiring to see the health the the safety the 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 care of our children especially that is a christian peace right that is not that is not just something that's like oh well no that's a that's a hippy dippy liberal thing no like when yeah. when did caring about humanity become a liberal thing when did caring about humanity become become a political like agenda like it's a christian yeah. thing like we are called to be the, this person we are called to be this for this world and we should be pointing to that all the time and these Christian leaders, like I'm, I'm just getting, I'm getting fired up about it because it's like, this is why I was like, I can't wait to get on this podcast with Jared because, because this is what I want us to talk about. It's like, what, like, what do we need to be doing more of to be showing what Christian leaders are supposed to be, and how do we start speaking truth to the power that these Christian leaders hold when they're failing so horribly at, at demonstrating Christ? Yeah. It, it's something, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to hear Jesus say these words, and it's not that hard, you know, it's not that hard to hear this, because, you know, I think of how many times Jesus said, you hypocrites, you know, mm -hmm. uh, whitewashed tombs, you know, you clean the outside of the dish, but not the inside, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, Jesus said a lot of stuff like this, and did hold people accountable uh, for their actions, or if you didn't hold people accountable for their actions or said anything about um, secular leaders, he definitely spoke against religious leaders who who acted um, as hypocrites. Yeah. So I think I think that's I think this is exactly the type of thing that that Jesus would have spoken about. Yeah, and I think that um, you know again we have a responsibility to do it, and you know we. Yeah. When, we, when we are saying that we're followers of Christ, I was telling us to. I was talking about this with somebody um, the other day. I said, you know, when we say we're followers of Christ, that means that we follow His teaching, and we follow the right. way that He led. We follow the way that He walked, and yeah, He told us not to fear, right? Which I think a lot of times this is what kind of goes into that whole thing. It's like, well, we're not supposed to fear, or we're not supposed to be caring about what man thinks. Well, yeah, don't right. care about what man thinks, but care about what God thinks. And if God wouldn't be happy with some of the stuff that you're doing, then you need to really fix that. You know what I mean? Um, and you need to be called yeah. out on it. And I think that that's, I think the the reality is, like you just said, like Jesus spoke directly to the the religious leaders of the day who thought that they had it all figured out, who were using their power to oppress Using like they would go ahead. I mean, I, I constantly think about the woman. Again, I think we've talked about this before. The woman caught in adultery, right? When 
when right. she's caught in adultery, she's caught in, by men who apparently knew where she was, right? And like, how do they know she was in adultery? Like, because like, and how do they know what she was doing? They must have been watching. Um, they must have like been spying on it. So now it's like, who are these men that caught her? They knew where she was. They knew what she was doing. Were some of them mad because she didn't go with them and she went with somebody else? Like, what was like? There's a whole lot of like things in there that I'm like, what what was happening in that moment? And when he's telling these men because they were using their power, their position to say, "I'm we are going to stone this woman to death," and he's like, "You have no right to do this. You have no ability to do this." Like, I wonder when when he was writing in the sand. We don't know what he was writing, but I wonder if he was like. Uh, you were watching. Uh, you're mad because you didn't get her first. Um, and he's like naming the names of the guys that were stones, right? Like, what if he was doing that yeah. and just like completely just like laying it out, saying, "You know that you are just as messed up as she is. That's why you can't cast the first stone. So get out of here, right?" But these yeah. leaders that these leaders that are holding themselves up, like we have so much spirituality. We're so holy. We're so righteous. We're so moral. We have everything figured out. We like you should just follow how I am, but yet neglecting the widow, the orphan, the poor, the hungry, the oppressed, yeah. the, the, like neglecting the role that we have to shine a light in darkness. What like this is where we we have to start seeing what the world is saying about us, and if the world is saying, what kind of Christian is this? Right. Yeah. We have to fix that. Yeah. Yeah, we got to do better. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just I don't know. I'm um you know, I'm I'm looking at all of this and I, and then again we can go into what's happening politically, you know, because I think everything points to that. You know, we allow for Again, I think that it's it's shining light on where our hearts are, right? That yeah. the Christian yeah. church is very much about now, like, how are we being right as opposed to how are we living in righteousness? Does that make sense? It makes sense, yeah. And so they, they look at their they look at their arguments, they wanna line up all their arguments with memes, they wanna argue you know, they wanna find their yeah. Their um, websites that support their their agenda, their narrative, their views, yeah, and then of course they're sharing false information, um, which is the next topic we want to talk about. Is that we're we're allowing these this false information to start being divulged, and we're saying, well, look at this website. This is what says it, and we don't even look at the source. And then people are saying, how are these Christians who are supposed to be living for the truth? sharing so much false stuff you know like and so much um just biased information really it really makes you look uh like you don't have discernment and that's just not where i want us to be as a church you know just really really falling for stuff you know how people this isn't in the bible but people share it like it is is the whole uh if you don't stand for something you'll fall for anything (laughs) yeah Uh, that's, that sounds like it's good advice, you know, and I've heard it in several movies, and I've seen it on t-shirts, and I've heard Christians say it, like, at the beginning uh, of, of uh, you know, sh- sharing a testimony or something, and, uh, <laughs> but it, but it's so, it's so vague and can be applied to basically anyone's beliefs, right? Um, but I'm just like, all right, but if you stand for Jesus, then why are you falling for just all of this stuff, like these fear-mongering memes, these conspiracy theories. What drives me crazy about the conspiracy theories is there's just no real evidence to back it up, you know, and there's there's no history to it, and and Christians go for it, but then you say, yeah, but I'm really concerned about uh, the history of white supremacy in America. I'm really concerned about racism in the church. People are like, well, there's, there, what? Like, I don't believe that, you know, and I'm like, holy cow. There are there are centuries of evidence on this. I mean, we've got the documents, you know. We've got we've got pictures, we've got videos, we've got books. The library shelf is full of books. We've got the receipts, you know. And you can't believe that, but you can believe like QAnon and PizzaGate, you know. 
Right. And one of, one of the things that I was laughing about the other day, because um, I was looking at the list of people that are supposed to be connected with QAnon, right? Um, right. And I found it really interesting that almost everybody that is on the list that I saw, the supposed list, right? It's not a real list. It's just one that's just kind of spread out there. Right. But the one that's on that list, um, every single one of them are people who are against Donald Trump. Okay. I was kind of like, that's really interesting. Like, you don't see anybody who's on the Republican side on that list. Like, all the yeah. all the actors that are on there are actors who have spoken yeah. out about, like, against Donald Trump. Um, right. Th- like, right. all the people who are on there are people who are on one political side. There's n- – there's, because right. even, even when people brought up Donald Trump, it's like all of a sudden there's, like, documents that are saying, well, Donald Trump was never involved in this. Like, well, there's pictures of him with the dude, you know. I mean, like, whatever. But, you know, yeah. I mean, like – By the way, that's takes for anyone else right right we just have to have a picture with that person in the background like oh my goodness look this celebrity was at that event you know so they're yeah. they're in on it yeah so it's so easy for us to because we get into that mindset of well look they're if they're on that side they're evil they must be so that is exactly right. who they are but to to believe that there's nobody doing wrong on the on the on the republican side is is naive um it when you have a president who has been revealed right. to say it has been open and has been honest or honest quote unquote but it's really just because it came out that he paid off a a porn star you know that he had a, a, an affair with he slept with her you know like i mean like that was he was married and he slept with this woman right. while his wife was pregnant right. you know like right. for some reason that's there, a there, there's more evidence for that at this point than any of this other stuff. Exactly. And there's there's more evidence to demonstrate that he was a person who was about who's um, willing to say that I'm going to grab a woman by the what you know by, by the area to go ahead and be like, right. yeah, that's how you show them who you are and like they'll let you do it because you have power, you can just do it. Like right. a man You're a celebrity. Too. Yeah, a man who speaks like that is someone that we've held up or that the the evangelical churches held up and said, well, we can overlook that. However, right. however, like, and again, people would say, oh, look, you, you're a Democrat. No, I'm not a Democrat. I'm just calling it like it is. We speak out of two sides of our right. mouths. These people are speaking out of two sides of their mouths. We can say Trump is okay. Like, well, I mean, you know, he can have affairs. He can do whatever. He can he can talk openly about doing gross things to women, and he can, and he can make fun of people with disabilities and he can he can say mean things about women and calling them like names and even right. even Kamala Harris comes out and then he says oh she's nasty right he he says some hateful words about her already right. and he says and even in regular speeches he's calling Joe sleepy Joe like he wants to make him look so bad but that's okay we can allow that that's okay but then when Joe Biden says something oh look at him just trying to tear down America and look at him just being so nasty. It's like, wait a second. He's, he, and he hasn't even said anything half as bad as what Donald Trump has said from what I've, from what I've heard. But it's like, oh, yeah. it's okay. It's okay if Trump does it because he's Republican and he's standing he's, – he's, he's anti-abortion and he's pro-gun. So you know what? We will – and, and, and we, I'm, right. I'm Christian. I'm going to go ahead and let that go because you know what? I want – those are the things that I need to stand for. And so I will, I, will, I will overlook him saying anything hateful or negative about anybody else. But anybody on the opposite side does it. I'm going to hold them to the fire and I'm going to tell them how horrible they are. And I'm going to go ahead and point out all the things that are creepy about Joe Biden. Like, you know, the dude sniffs – people right which is like i mean you see you see it in pictures it looks like he's sniffing people i don't really know all that stuff yeah. but like the pictures that are i would say this i i understand why that matters to everyone else i i don't understand why that matters to a trump supporter i i get why that's a i get why that's a concern for everyone else but i do not get why that could be brought up or could be concerned by a person who heard the grab him by the you know what tape and said, "All right, I give that a pass." But this picture of Joe Biden, I don't know, dude. I don't know. It yeah. Bothers me. You yeah. Know? Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't get that. It 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 does it doesn't it doesn't work. Their arguments don't hold water, right? Like I mean, 
it is just something that you you hear them saying you're going to I say to myself Christian people think about what you're doing you're speaking out of two sides of your mouth when you are saying you're going to go ahead and allow this to slide from a guy who is clearly corrupt caught in so many lies already told so many yeah. like has had so many misleading things about him but for some reason because he stands for whatever we want to say that he stands for it's okay to brush it off but we are going to go ahead and we are going to go ahead and jump on I'm a little bit I'm a little bit jealous of the mercy that he gets sometimes I'm just like man if I had said those things if I had done those things you wouldn't want me to be your kids English teacher nope but he can be a pre- you know? but he can be a president and be such a great example right. to our kids. Right. I don't get it. Um, a pa- like, and I know people say, "Well, we never hired him to be a pastor." No, but you have lifted him up to be the representation of what Christianity is supposed to be as a Christian yeah. leader. Well, well, you, so well, you got people saying that, like Jerry Fall Jr. said that he's quote the dream candidate for evangelicals. Right. You know and. And, and But you know what? If Jerry Falwell is a bad example because he doesn't claim to be a Christian leader, he himself doesn't claim that, um, you know, then think about Dobson. You know, think about, you know, think about guys like that who really do claim that, though. Yeah. You know? I mean, so you see all these people who do that. And then you got to say to yourself, okay, so you don't want him to be a pastor and hold him up to – and say that we never want him to be a pastor. No, but you're going to tell people that he represents or he's the best candidate for the evangelical movement. Now, if that's the case, then he should be representing that. If a pastor were to say some of the things that Donald Trump has said, if the if a pastor were to stand up and make a joke about somebody who had a disability, if a pastor were to say um, women were nasty, um, call them names to their faces, um, publicly say mean, hateful, derogatory things about them, if a pastor were to do that, number one, that pastor would be fired. The pastor's yeah. church would probably shut down. And the pastor would probably lose his ability to be a pastor anymore. People wouldn't wouldn't trust right. his words. But but, no, I, but for but some reason... Say when nobody would listen to his Twitter feed, you know, all that stuff. I mean, it just anything like that is crazy to me because... I, I noticed pastors, they don't do it so much anymore, but right in the time of 2016, I had big guys, like some of the bigger churches around here, you know, defending stuff, coming real close to condoning it, but defending things that, that the president said on the campaign trail and, and even shortly after he was elected, you know. And, uh, you know, to me, that defending it publicly as a pastor, you might as well have said it. You know? Yep. Very true. And so, again, pastors, Christians, to be deceived by things like this or to be put in a place where, again, if you're going to say one thing about one person and allow it, then you need to be willing to accept it across the board. And if you're not willing to accept it across the board, then you better start calling it out across the board because it's not fair to another person who's a human being just because they're on on a different political party side for you to go ahead and say, well, look how horrible they are. This goes on Democrat and Republican side because there are Democrats who are Christians who will say so many hateful things about the Republican Party and about the president, but then they'll go ahead and ignore anything negative about anybody on the Democrat side. You know, so it's like you you got to you got to sit you got to draw the line and you got to be willing to say, look, if I'm going to say something, I'm going to say something. And if it's and if it's if I'm going to say, man, Trump needs to watch his words and he's being – he's a hateful person and honestly, I don't know how anybody who's Christian can follow him, I'll say that. Yeah. But I'll also say if if I see something about Joe Biden or Kamala or anybody else who I'm like, um, I don't know how anybody can follow him. I don't know how anybody could trust them. I don't know how anybody – then I'll say that. Um, I have yet to really find anything that legitimate that makes me say those things about those people. Um but I'm also saying, right. like, I don't even know, like, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know. Well, I know I'm not voting one side, but I also don't know that I'm not right. voting. But I also don't know if I'm voting on the other side. Um, I might just go ahead and be right. like, I might just go ahead and give a vote to somebody who who seems like, like I don't know, somebody else. But I'm not going to talk about who I'm voting for on this on this podcast. But I am going to yeah. say that 
I'm going to hold leadership accountable. I'm going to hold them to the right pl- to to um, to the standard that I believe we're supposed to live by, and I'm going to also say, if I mess up, I'm going to own it. And if these Christian leaders mess up and they try to brush it under the rug, they don't want to leave any comments about it. They try to avoid any conflict or any anything about it. Like, I'm never going to trust them again, right? Because I want them to be. I want them to own it. I want them to say. Look, I made a bad mistake by taking a picture with this woman. That was a stupid thing for me to do. I should have never done that. Hey, I made a bad mistake by making fun of racism. I made a horrible mistake by doing that. I made a bad mistake by by saying the things I said about grabbing a woman by her you-know-what. Um, I made a bad mistake by... like if I, were, if I were to hear them say those kind of things, apologizing, man, more, yeah. more respect and... And that would that would demonstrate to me a, a sign of like saying like look you're willing to to own up and and demonstrate that you your weakness, man that's humanity. We should be willing to give some grace toward that. But when they are unwilling to ask for forgiveness, unwilling to address their issues, unwilling to say that they've done something wrong, then how how can you respect that? Yeah, I uh, I read a. I retweeted this actually. Harry Condobolo, uh, the comedian, and um, you know he's pretty political, but his, his comedy always has been. Anyway, he had a tweet yesterday, and I think this might just kind of sum up the whole idea of like, uh, you know, not getting into to how we're voting, but uh, Harry talks about how he's voting, and I thought this was a really great sentiment. He said, "Wanting Biden to win this election doesn't mean I turn my brain off and agree with everything he does." These aren't teams to root for. These are elected leaders to be held accountable. Your person winning is the beginning of your participation, not the end. Mm. And I love that. I love that whole idea because you know um, I I haven't seen this model by my Christian Trump enthusiast friends. There mm. is a little bit of turning your brain off and agreeing with everything he does. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. Um... Yeah, it's it's blind. I don't know. It's blind following, man. And it's um. We have a responsibility, right? We do. We have a responsibility to be wise about who we're trusting, who we're allowing to lead us, what kind of information we're allowing to to go into our minds, and that we're allowing to give that we're allowing um, to take energy from us, right? Um, yeah. Because like that's because the thing is like that's the. That is our, our that is our thing that we can control, right? We can control what we allow to take in, and we need to be willing to check our resource, check our sources. We need to be willing to check the background of the information. Google it. You know what I mean? Like that's what it's there for. Yeah. Look up accurate information. Um, I saw someone post today about, um, uh, and then you you brought it up to me too. But somebody else posted about uh, the question of Kamala being um, an American. Oh yeah. Um, and man birtherism man birtherism which you know donald trump was actually the champion of the whole birther movement um against donald trump and just assuming that he well against obama american yeah yeah he was against yeah against obama yeah donald trump against obama that's right yeah he 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 was he was like show me his birth certificate and he really was like the the, the head of that whole thing and this isn't you know this was during the uh i think the 2012 election you know that, yeah. that all this was going on you know like uh and uh but um yeah it was the whole idea of you know he's black his name's obama he can't be american you know so let's prove that he's from somewhere else you know but this this goes back to the whole idea that you know america has unfortunately taking this stance for a long time that if you're not white then your americanness has to be suspect yeah. you know we're not just going to just assume that you're american that you know we've been at it this long and we've had people just from all all areas of the globe come to live and be american people and live here for generations and i mean unless you look a certain way you're kind of considered not American. We've really tried really hard to keep people 
from people of color from being American. I mean, mm-hmm. do you know when Native Americans were finally considered American, like actual U.S. citizens? No, educate me on that. It was, it was in it was in the 1920s. Wow. So 20th wow. century, we finally said, all right, Native Americans can be American. Indians can be American. Indians can be American. Yeah. And, you know, for, for a long time, <laughs> uh, you know, black people, African-Americans, their votes only counted as three-fifths of a person because there's this idea of, like, what's built into democracy with majority rules is that, you know, uh, who are, you know, um, that the majority is going to win. So there was this, there was this feeling of, Oh my gosh, if we have all of these black people suddenly declared free and citizens and given the vote, they're going to be able to get black leaders elected, or they're going to elect maybe white leaders that put their best interests in mind. And we've got to keep white people's best interests in mind. So uh, a black person was a man, by the way, women weren't considered anything, but a, a black man was considered three fifths of a vote. Wow. So, you know, I mean, it took wow. three guys to count as two people, you know, in the American voting system. So we tried really hard. I mean, you know, Teddy Roosevelt, you know, and he, he really wanted a war and he really considered, uh, you know, of course, we went to war um, to gain the Philippines and he really considered should we have like an American empire, like how the British Empire, you know, had, you know, countries and and islands all over the globe, should we claim the Philippines? And people were actually against claiming the Philippines as U.S. states because they were afraid it would put too many non-whites into the voting system. Like if we declared Filipino, if we declared Filipinos citizens, then well, they can swing elections. They can get Fili- they can get a Filipino elected president of the United States, and you know if there if there's too many of them. And so there was there's always been you know that concern. So it's like we're sitting here trying really hard to say, hey, listen, if you're not white, you're not a real American, or if your name doesn't sound a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, John Smith or whatever, then you're not American. So you get somebody like Barack Obama, or you get somebody like Kamala Harris, and then people are allowed to say, hey, probably not American because that they don't fit my mental image of what an American is supposed to be, which is, you know, a white person with, you know, some kind of Anglo sounding name. Yeah. No, it's I mean, that's legit, man. And that's and the thing yeah. is, again, who should be the people who are rising up against that stuff? Christians. Right? And we Yes, I'm telling you, it's like the church actually helped to put us in this position and it's time for this generation of the church to get us out. That has been my feeling about racism all along is that racism in America has been perpetuated by the church unfortunately unfortunately going all the way back to at least the 1600s but maybe before and you know it's been ridiculous and we should never allowed it as a church but we don't we have no control over what the what the Christians did 400 years ago but we have something we have some control over what the Christians are doing now and it's time it's time to end this thing and one of the first steps is, well, there's several steps, but one of the first steps that we can take is start speaking truth to power, right? Yeah. Start holding our leaders accountable. Start being willing to address the things that have, have been infiltrating the church and infiltrating social media and have been moving Christians toward a certain one way or the other and just recognizing these things that have allowed us to be corrupted and starting to shut those things down, actually researching and learning what the history is, and then going into this whole thing of the birther stuff, quit sharing that junk. Quit being a part of yeah. that. Like, if you're going to seriously start to challenge somebody's birth, like, first thing, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but did she, didn't she try to run for president? Yeah, she was, she was going, she was in the... She was running in the Democratic primary. Yeah, she was running. Pete, Pete Buttigieg and Elizabeth Warren, and they were all running for the Democratic Party uh, just a few months ago. Right. In order for her to be able to even try to run, doesn't she have to prove that she was a born in the United States anyway because that is a part of the process? I Probably. <laughs> I mean, like, because I, I mean, that's, that's part of the – that's 
that's part of the the process is that you have to show that you are of a certain age and that you were born in the United States. Like that, you have to show that, and if you can prove that, then you can continue to be on the ticket. Can I tell you? I don't think birtherism really accomplishes much in terms of affecting how people vote. I really don't because if someone's sharing a meme saying show me Kamala Harris's birth certificate, they already weren't going to vote for her. I mean, you already know that, right? Right. So, it it almost seems like the the birtherism memes are really just there to embarrass the racist people themselves, you know, by causing them to out themselves and, and so discord and you know, uh, you know, a lot of this is a lot of this is just meant to so so discord uh, in the American public, you know. And I mean, some of it is still coming from. You know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. You know, I, I love like hard evidence, but it's it's definitely true that people get a rise out of creating a certain amount of chaos and turmoil in the United States of America because, I mean, anything you can do to kind of like weaken us as a culture could, could weaken us uh, economically. And I think just people are kind of sick of us being like, you know, top dog. Yeah. So the, the easiest way is to, is to create turmoil in elections, you know, sort of undermine that process. Yeah. There's really nothing that birtherism, there's really nothing that birtherism claims are really going to accomplish except to create negative emotions i don't think it's really gonna affect votes yeah it's really yeah that's exactly it it's just to go ahead and help people who are wanting to live in an echo chamber can go ahead and continue living in that echo chamber by hearing things that support their views and and keep them feeling comfortable about why they hate a certain side or why they hate a certain person so right and you know what it just it's it's old school racism like rebranded into what i call like a racism light yeah. Which is uh, racism for people who don't like racism, you know? <laughs> yeah. Still have the ideas, you know? I mean, there, there are plenty of people who are racist but don't like racism. Like, if you have this feeling like, man, I want immigrants from Sweden and Finland to come here, but not immigrants from Haiti mm. to come live here, right? Yeah. Like, if that's – because you remember the president said that exact thing, right? Mm. But if you if that's how you feel – that is racist. It's just repackaged in a way that doesn't necessarily come across to you and maybe people immediately around you as racist, but it's rooted in racist ideas, you know, that we want that we want white or we want European immigrants and not anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so much there, man. So much there and so much that the church needs to be res- responding to and, and being active and and speaking out against, and I think that there's a point where we have to start saying, uh, screw political parties. When do we start getting into what yeah. Jesus taught us to do? You know, and 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 completely yeah. following what he what he called us to do. And if we were to do that, if we were to do that, we would realize honestly that both sides are wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? And both sides have some. Oh. And both sides have some right to yeah. them. That's totally it. I mean, I, I'm going to next, – next podcast, I'm going to bring you this beautiful passage uh, written by a historian Howard Zinn. And uh, he, he's talking about the Andrew Jackson years, mm-hmm. Jacksonian democracy. And in the Andrew Jackson years, they really engineered the two-party system. Uh, by they, I mean politicians because the idea was like you could sort of run on that by just opposing the other guy and you, all you have to do is give your voters one or two things they like but not too much. You know, and The idea was go back and forth, go back and forth and kind of you know, keep the wealthy in power or keep the people in power who are currently in power, keep them in power um, just by kind of baiting the lower class into siding with one political party or the other in <laughs> the two-party system, you know? Yeah. Hmm. So good. Well, man... I mean, it's crazy. I'll bring that to you, but, uh, you know, all I gotta say is this on the, on the Kamala Harris thing. If we, quote, don't see color, then how do we know which politicians 
to ask for their birth certificates. <laughs> oh, man, that's a really great, great, great question and a great way to end this. I think that's awesome. It's a good, mm-hmm. I mean, man, yeah, challenge that. It's good. Well, dude, as always, great conversation, great time connecting and being a part of this. I, and I have a feeling we'll be, there's going to be a lot of stuff happening in these next few weeks and months that we're going to be able to talk about. So, um, and, and I'm watching a lot of my Christian friends um, posting things and sharing yeah. things. And honestly, it's given me great material for and, and, and discussion topics for a yeah. future podcast. So. Uh, we'll be addressing those things. Can I go ahead and make a, an early election prediction? Yeah. I I think there's, I, I don't know, I feel the sinking feeling that Donald Trump is going to win, but the prediction I want to make is that if he doesn't, he will not concede. He will not concede the election. Um, he will say it will, he will say that uh it was election fraud that caused him to lose. I, I don't believe that he believes he's capable of losing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, even when he loses, it's a win. And so he's going to be- – so if he doesn't get elected, he will believe that he should have won and he will not concede to Joe Biden. And a fair amount of his supporters will back him up on that. Mm. And it's going to get crazy. That's my prediction. Yeah. Well – yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm going to not make a prediction but i'm also going to say your prediction sounds logical (laughs) so sounds feasible yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's definitely um i mean i don't know man it's 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 up in the air in a sense but i also uh one thing i know for sure kanye is not gonna win so no, no, and that's that's good. <laughs> it's good for many reasons, and we'll be talking about that, I think, next week and the idea of uh, mental health and um, how the church should be responding to that stuff. So I think that'll be it. The... <laughs> is, uh, I haven't been following Kanye, though. Is he, still, is he oh, still doing the Christian music thing like he was doing? He is. Um, he's yeah. also doing um, a lot of comments about... Um, re- yeah. reasons why he wanted to divorce his wife and um, okay. and how he was okay. uh, running for president to take votes away from Biden. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff, man, a lot of stuff. And um, But ultimately, though, it's definitely clear that, you know, his bipolar situation is, is strong and, um, you know, we're not yeah. making, definitely not making light of that because that's a, it's a, it's a, no, it's, we're it's not rough. making light of that and, um, you know, as someone who is an artist or has been an artist and, and, and know a lot of artists, um, you know, some of your most creative people uh, are just different on a level like how Kanye West is different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. He's a genius, but man, he's... Right. There's, there's pain... There's... When we talk about the fine line between genius and insanity, I don't know if it's quite insanity, but... I mean, some of my favorite creative people in history—they weren't—they weren't normal, uh, quote unquote, normal <laughs> by everyday standards. And yeah. I think Kanye is going to fit into that group. Yeah. So I think next week we'll—I'm um, gonna—I'm gonna try tapping into um, some some people to maybe get on and talk about uh, the Christian response to mental health and and that kind of thing. But uh, we'll see if that can play out. Okay. We'll see if that can play out. Okay. Sure. But anyway, with that, man, um, hey, again, great conversation, great, great um, time on this podcast. And uh, you have been listening to the Frankincense Podcast. Uh, This is Bobby Benavides. And this is Jared. And we are... Jared St. Martin Brown. If we're doing last names, I'm putting it out there. Jared St. Martin Brown. I I just threw out my last name just randomly. I'm not sure why, but yeah, we'll just do... This will probably be... There you go. But um, hey, you've you've heard our full names... And we've enjoyed you listening to us. Hopefully you've enjoyed the podcast. And if you have, please rate us, share us, comment, do all those things that you're supposed to do to help us get our name out there because we love having more people joining the conversation. 
Jared and I like talking yeah, to each do. other, but we, we like knowing that other people are involved with us too. So, um, yeah, share your thoughts. We like that. So anyway, with that, um, you guys have a good rest of your time, and uh, thanks for listening. Bye.